Whatever it takes I know I can make it through A Degrassi Podcast With Kelsey and Holland too I know I can make it through Hello and welcome to Whatever It Takes, a podcast where we listen to the show Degrassi, The Next Generation. We also with me, Cole Stephenson. Okay, we also watch it with our eyeballs and then critique it. That's we do that as well. <laughs> and I'm Allegra, and today we're talking about Degrassi season twelve, episodes twenty-one and twenty-two, building a mystery. Cole, can you please read the episode description? Yes. As Becky begins to fall for Adam, she worries how her conservative parents will react. That is a very good description of the A-plot. Yeah, uh, that's pretty much exactly how it goes down. Um, I would like to pause for a second and acknowledge that, hey, it's not Holland and Kelsey. Uh, It's Kelsey's birthday, so we're letting her take the time off, and we're coming back in. Oh, well, that's... That's really neato. Um, yeah, we're we're doing a good thing. Okay, I mean, I've been totally unprepared for this, but I guess we can continue. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the B plot was about Drew and Bianca, and it just goes to show that they're still on a completely different show. Yeah, they're not on. Degrassi. Maybe the most interesting of the three shows, but it also made me the most sad. Yeah, I mean, last time we were on the show, it was also another Drew-centered episode, and it was yeah, it bananas. Was. It was, and like compared to this one, I feel like it's kind of a letdown. Um, last time it was just like violence and punching and. Uh, there was something about a kidney and extortion and buying organs and then some other shit that I didn't care about. But like, this one was just sort of feelings. You know, nothing big happened. It was just a lot of like disappointments. I'm looking at my notes. The episode, the episode, the episode opens on Claire and Eli and I legit forgot they were in this episode. And I think they were the C plot. Um... It f- right. They were the C oh. plot in my heart for sure. So. Eli made yeah. that really shitty video. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, I remember this episode now. Um. So yeah, I was a little bored with them <laughs> this time. This was not a, a strong showing from the Eclair ship. No, no, and the first real descriptor that I wrote down for this episode about Eli was stripes and trench coat, which just kind of (laughs) shocked my senses immediately. He, Eli dresses like somebody, like a really boring person's fun OC of themselves. (laughs) You know, like, like the girl who's like really not an interesting person, but she draws herself like, hey, I'm wearing a long sleeve and then a short sleeve t-shirt on top of that fashion. But like, it just doesn't. It's just really bad. It's not bringing me in. <laughs> yeah. 
And he wears multiple long sleeve, short sleeve combos this episode and oh. incorporates stripes into each one of them. Dude, I don't think you even saw, he has like this black parade jacket that he wears all the time. That surprises me not at all. That <laughs> fits in. His hair is very black parade. Um, and he's also underwhelming, like the black parade. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, fuck I don't that know song. If I'm the fan of no, listen. That song, but we're gonna this is our only chance on this podcast we'll probably be like not allowed back after these statements hot hot off the presses fuck that song (laughs) i always hated that song mcr is Uh, lukewarm at best anyway so we mentioned the gross trench coat do you want to like do you have any fashion notes any fashion police notes don't wear any of that in a combo uh (laughs) <laughs> just no. horizontal long sleeve striped shirts are not the look not advice i don't know where you buy them but please don't not advice for the listeners i'm saying did you, you ask for notes <laughs> <laughs> like did you take notes during the episode about other fashion statements oh well i mean that was the big one right? i had that one like ready to go <laughs> Clearly, you uh, listen to this show all the time. <laughs> constantly. So, um, so, Cole, I'm about to, like, blow your mind. I wrote down Eli's hair looks good because it used to be mm. worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, like, not yeah. that bad now. And guess what? This actor, he's, like, blonde. IRL. Oh. <laughs> Why do they do that? Just, just let him be blonde. Like, he's you can be edgy. blonde in a goth. <laughs> Can you? I think yeah, actually no. don't. I don't actually know the answer to that one. Um, oh my god! Oh yeah. my god! Oh my I god! Mean, oh my god! Oh my god! Sorry. Hard yeah. stop. Found my next fashion note. Matching fedoras. <gasps> yes, I wrote that down too. That had a really strong like impact on me. Okay, so there were. There were interesting things that happened this episode. Um, the only two characters' names who I do know, because it was in the description that Allegra forced me to read, Adam and Becky, mm. they had a whole thing going on. It was like this romance. We'll, we'll get into we'll it. We'll get into but it. But there's one sequence. There's one sequence where they're planning for the event, and they take a fun, cute picture where they're both wearing matching fedoras and sunglasses, I think. and What a look. I hope to like debase myself in front of someone I love like they did, you know, like I want to be that comfortable around someone that that's like a thing that I would feel like doing. And like, this is what, like 2013 or some shit. Like Jason Mraz is I'm yours has finally stopped being on the charts. Like, Oh my God. Now this is like, this is like Gangnam style territory, right? Like that's what's happening to the world right now. Yeah, it's okay, it's all about those weird diaper pants. Like, you know but those... you know, that does remind me, um, this episode is named after a song. Oh, as well. shit. <laughs> you know, if we do have more fashion notes, that's fine. Because <laughs> I'm, I don't, I'm I just free-forming opinions right now. But the name of the song is Building Mystery. Uh, episode, I mean. It's like the, that's like the opposite of what they do in this episode. This is a this yeah. is an episode all about truth telling. 
<laughs> if anything, they're taking them down. I know. Like, um, I think the song, I've never heard it before. I listened to like 30 yeah. seconds. There's like a lot of Jesus imagery. I don't know. It's by Sarah McLaughlin. And like, I can only think of like dead animals when I think of her. So like, I don't yeah. know. Um, but yeah, because Becky Baker drops some hard truths on herself, on her parents. Um, same with Drew. Drew and Bianca drop some hard truths on Drew's mom. Uh, oh God, Eli is confronted with the hard truths of uh, actual filmmaking. And confronting your own like mediocrity. That's something that white men should learn early. Good job, Degrassi. <sighs> I wasn't good at sports, so I like got that one out the gate straight <laughs> from the start. Um, All right, so let's like actually yeah. dive into the episode. Um, okay. So it opens up with Claire and Eli talking about prom, which I thought was something that was gonna like pop up later in the episode, but nope, they're probably just putting that breadcrumb in there because holy shit, does Degrassi yeah. love a prom? Uh, well, they love a dance, and prom is the king of all dances. Yeah, there there was a there was a dance, there was a social event of some kind in this episode, but that was more of an Adam and Becky kind of deal. Yeah, it was like a um, fundraiser. Which, yeah, if I the remember... fundraising raffle, not a raffle, auction. Yeah, and if I remember correctly, the fundraiser began as a spiteful, homophobic, transphobic endeavor of Becky's. This girl is gonna need some serious therapy when she becomes an adult. Uh, Lord knows. Um, No pun intended. This, yeah, this poor girl is just kind of flailing wildly, like trying to grab onto something, Um, which is really sad. And I was gonna say, then maybe the building the mystery title is a little more apt because, like, there's a lot of Jesus imagery and metaphor in that song, and I mean. Degrassi hmm. isn't known for its subtle storytelling, but there are some religious uh, uh, Im- implications, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, you know, that makes sense. I like that. Uh, but yeah, so then it goes on and we kind of get introduced to each of the different plots. Uh, we learn about said fundraiser for something that may or may not have been homophobic. And the big auction prize is seven plane tickets to Las Vegas. Yeah, um, which is like, okay, which is parents are buying these, right? Because, yeah. I mean, kids don't have money, so probably. But I think, I think like the premise is that they were gifted by an airline, but seven? That's like, a, okay, first of all, not an even number. That's an odd number. Yeah. You, so, like, even if like a parent wanted to bring like three other couples along or something like that, that wouldn't work them. out. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I think the Degrassi writers have already been planning this fucking, like, movie, Degrassi yeah. Takes Vegas. And yeah. they're like, how many kids are we taking? I don't know. The plot calls for seven. Seven it is. <laughs> yeah. Very good point. Like, this was seen incredibly in advance. Um, All right. So, hold on. Yeah. I just... I want to pump the brakes just a little bit more. And I know, like, we haven't even gotten to the episode <laughs> at all. But... I have only been like, this is well past my experience with Degrassi. Like, I, yeah. I, this is way into the stop watching zone for me. So when Becky came on screen, I was like, I have no idea what the fuck this blonde chick is. <laughs> so for like the first yeah. 15 minutes of my notes, it's just blonde girl 
blondie smiley face because all she does is smile i call her um Bo is kind of the first like descriptor i have for her um and then it goes to student council girl and then emma roberts mm. is another one that i come up with a little bit later on and then i think it's just kind of emma roberts for the rest of the time because she has that straight long hair in the same way and i like don't trust her same, you know the same acting range of emma roberts yeah, yeah, I would say so. But in a, in a completely different way. Oh, that is very true about the acting. Like, she would be giving all of these lines in this, like, super, like, saccharine, just sweet. Oh, I can't wait for the dance. And, like, every single time that she said something, it was just sort of that same, like, smile. One, you know? One note. I'm sorry, Emma Roberts. That was rude. I don't give a yeah, shit. Yeah, Emma Roberts, true. don't at me. Yeah. You abused yeah. Evan Peters, so you're on my shit list. Um, oh god that's so sad don't forget your love was so pure was it all right um no i it by it it clearly was not um, um let's continue okay so all right so they set up like eli and claire the first person you first people you see on screen but really they have like the least consequential plot whatsoever and it immediately yeah. cuts to becky and uh jenna new best friend jenna who is mm -hmm fine in this episode she gives really like varying degrees of helpful advice um yeah she's definitely like kind of the like pack mule friend that's just like oh hey character a like needs like someone to bounce their feelings off of but they can't just stand there and announce them to the thing uh so i need to tell my friend my feelings and then friend stops being a person when it's not relevant to the story yeah and like every single person every single main character of these plots has that character becky yeah. has jenna yep. eli has claire um bianca has drew i guess actually, and Bianca's poor adam character. doesn't actually get any time to like oh. process or develop as a person just oh. like thrown around like Okay, I don't. Uh, I'm. I'm sorry. Yeah. I need to like rant a little bit because I'm so angry. I'm like yeah. so mad because like Adam deserves his like way more a plots. Like every yeah. single fucking like plot of his has to deal with like how shitty people are to trans people, and it's a reality. Yeah. But he deserves you know more and better. He deserves to have like an episode where he gets to have fun. And mm -hmm. this plotline especially, it's about how he's, like, getting a girlfriend and she's, like, into him. And it's, we're only, like, but, like, there's struggles with her faith and her family. But yeah. we're not seeing this from Adam's perspective whatsoever. This is Yeah, like, like Adam gets, like, a little, like, taste of something nice and then they pull it away. And then they, like... Ooh, ooh, you're something's good. Oh no, she's gonna like reject you, and and we're getting ahead of ourselves here. Let's describe the episode as we're going I just, down. I just, uh, it's just a I lot of feelings. I, I get it. I'm sorry. It's just it boggles my mind <laughs> why we're focusing on Becky as if like the yeah. meat of this plot would be Becky's reaction and Becky's world, when clearly like it would be way more interesting about Adam, the person who this like most directly affects. And can I say, what an apt name. Becky is like, <laughs> that's, 
it just fits um her last name is baker and oh that's <laughs> unfortunate but also ha- fitting i think Holland um, and kelsey let's... like address her as becky baker like first name last name <laughs> whenever they record becky baker stop talking um becky baker nightmare yeah. maker Okay, okay, so all right. we get a taste of all the plots. Then it comes up. There's going to be this director in town teaching film class for a week or something like that. His name is Brett Barnett because they're really into alliterations with the letter B. <laughs> and uh, so Eli, film dude, uh, DiVionardo C dresser, <laughs> like, is, hey, uh, I'm going to convince this guy that he is in love with me in film sense. And he's going to write me a recommendation letter for NYU and I'm going to get in and it's going to be great. Um, So that's that plot. And then we get to the other big plot uh, Uh, that. I'm sorry. I found another fashion note and it's that Marisol's hair is bad. Um, Marisol that sounds accurate. is the only black girl on the show, and oh. she has like a real harsh bang right now, and it's unfortunate. Like not as bad as Katie's bangs, I don't think, but reminiscent. Bangs are a hard look to pull off. Like, like a that harsh, is straight bang, like a bob. They have to. It, they have to hit your forehead immaculately or it's not going to go great. I, I mean, you know, like if you have bangs to pull them off, like good for you. Thanks. It's a look and it is something that takes like, yeah, yeah, you have good bangs, but you, you, you kind of master it by like doing the side sweep a little bit too. Like it has like a, a, a kind of a swooping swoop to it. It's not this like super harsh, straight across, up and down kind of deal. I know. I cannot pull that off. It makes me look like a fat nerd. Um, Can anybody pull it off? Maybe if you're like really skinny women. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I have have a running theory that like really hot, skinny people don't actually have good fashion sense. It's that we sexualize them. No, you don't have to. Yeah. We sexualize them so much that we think what they wear looks good when it's probably most likely garbage. Um, sorry, more hot takes. All good me. points. Okay, so <laughs> Bianca's engaged. Um, yeah, we watched this episode like way before Holland and Kelsey like caught up podcast wise. So I went in pretty blind, and I had no idea that fucking Drew, this mess of a human being, proposed. Oh. Oh, Drew. Like Drew knew... is... You have thoughts on Drew, so I'm going to Drew is problems. You you take over for a sec. Yeah, Drew is just a lot of problems. He's got anger issues. He is not a kind person to his mother who legitimately wishes the best for him. Uh, when last time I saw him and the last time, I'm going to be honest with you, I've really engaged with Degrassi content he was in a fight club and if i remember correctly a different girl fell in love with him fell in love with him and i said the same thing then girl don't he's violent he's no good for you you shouldn't but here they are getting engaged and just like man how often do high school engagements go well yeah 
I don't know, man. It's just I'm not saying it's him. I know it. It's, if it works out, it's the exception, not the rule. I know it does happen, but like, come on, it's girl, just, you don't need to marry him. Engage, like, okay, people here's, have high school boyfriends and then they date for six years and then get engaged. Like, yeah. you don't need to do it in high school. What I will say is that usually the building blocks of the high school engagements that work out are much more stable than Bianca and Drew's. Yes. Uh, Staple is not a word I would use <laughs> to describe Drew. So, Cole, uh, let me just throw in just a few tiny little breadcrumbs that you missed since the last time you saw Bobo Taylor Lautner. Okay. Okay. What's so, Tay been up to? Okay. So, first of all, pretty sure he has not gone to therapy whatsoever to address any of his issues. Why would he? Uh, the girl he was dating, Taekwondo, Taekwondo girl... Um, uh-huh. she got like shot or something. She's alive. Um, wait, I know no, the story sorry. probably didn't have to do with Drew, but I'm blaming Drew for that. Oh wait, I'm sorry. Uh, Adam, Drew's brother, got shot. Uh huh. Um, God damn it! Are you serious? <laughs> I swear to God. Um, and I think the I wasn't. Pay- dude got shot and Oh my God. <sighs> Nelly, continue, please. <laughs> no, Kate. Uh, got addicted to cocaine. Oh. So she went to rehab. That is Drew's fault, for sure. Um, <laughs> and, oh yeah, Kate became t- one of those girls who, like, clung her entire identity onto a boy, and it was really sad. Um, relatable, but sad. Um, and while she was in rehab, he, like, so, Bianca, she is Drew's ex that he was willing to take the fall for murder for um manslaughter but she did accidentally murder a guy um he took the fall for her because they were dating and she was on probation and he got off okay because it was self-defense especially since they retaliated and beat the shit out of him which is why he got anger issues and traumatized but they broke up yes i remember that Uh uh-huh yep all of that so after they broke up, Bianca tried, she had a more, she had more tumultuous drama things happen, but she got on the straight and narrow and Drew's mom essentially became like a pseudo mother figure to like help her get um, her life together. And Kate became really jealous of Bianca, but then was like trying to use her bad girlness to score drugs. And Bianca's like, I'm not really about that shit anymore. Um, but I guess they kind of became friends because Bianca and Drew reconnected by trying to get Katie into rehab or some shit. And so while Katie was in rehab, the flame between Bianca and Drew reignited. So they waited for Kate to get out of rehab to tell her that to break up with her. But then Drew did a really shitty job at breaking up with her. And they went to a party and they had sex. And... (sighs) That didn't oh, that didn't God. send a clear message to Kate whether or not they had broken up. So eventually they do break up, and for some reason Bianca decided to still date Drew after all of this nonsense. Um, and now Kate is going through an edgy phase, and she's dating the local environmentalist. Hmm. The worst part is, as ridiculous as it sounds, I've met 
all of these people before. <laughs> like, yeah, like, back in my hometown, people did some dumb things and, like, continue to make bad decisions a lot of the time. So, you know, it's hard. Yeah. I Life just, is hard. I just wanted to paint this Choices are hard. Because Drew is on a different fucking show. Yeah. He was on a show where people get murdered, manslaughtered. Um, yeah. Fight clubs happen. Um, and whatever. And then... He's on uh, NCIS and everybody else is on, like, Glee. <laughs> okay, so... Um, Drew and Bianca are on the are on Discount OC. Um, Adam and mm. Becky are on Alternate Universe Seventh Heaven. And then yeah, Eli, yep, uh huh. Eli and Claire are on Full House. Yeah, yeah, I see all of that. All right, we should probably uh, explain to people what and that, that means. <laughs> like, and that also kind of works as far as like what show I want to watch the most. Like, in order. <laughs> Same. Although, we did mention this during the episode. So, like, I stopped watching Degrassi before Holland stopped watching Degrassi. Um, but if I had continued to watch, if I, if I would never have watched through season 11. Like, I'm sorry, y'all. That was some rough, rough season. But, like, Baby Allegra would have, oh, my God, so many feelings towards Adam. But okay, we need to continue. Yeah, we really need to really, continue. We're like 10 minutes um, into this 45-minute long episode. Yeah. Bianca's engaged and they uh, not so, told Drew's mom. Yeah, so they want to tell Drew's mom or something along to do with that. And my favorite uh, part... Back to... Sorry, favorite part is that Fiona, the rich girl who paid for a kidney with $20,000 in cash and a dress, um, she totally slams Bianca's ring. <laughs> She's like, hm, that's a shit ring. Um, paraphrasing. So great. Uh, <laughs> she deserves it. I didn't even recognize that was the girl, honestly. Um, so yeah. So then all of a sudden we're back to Becky and Adam. And Becky approaches Adam by saying, homeostasis. Pretty cool, huh? Because she's trying to work up the courage to ask a boy out. And you clearly start with yeah. that killer opening line. Yeah. Homeostasis. Oh. Love it. Do, did we mention and that then, Becky loves Adam now and is not transphobic to him anymore? I yes. don't know if that's news people knows, but now she's in love with him for reasons I don't know. Either. Yeah. Uh, Becky has suddenly like come around because of her friend who is like totally chill with the whole scenario and is just like ready to encourage her to love Adam. Well, Jenna's always been cool about Adam. Yeah. Yeah, which is great. We all need Jenna's in the world. Um, um, but, but Adam turns her down. Yeah, Becky, and, he's, and he's like, sorry, I'm doing things with Whisper Hug. Yes. This is the real, like, humdinger of the episode is just Whisper Hug. Ugh. <laughs> it sounds wet. Ugh. Whisper Hug. <laughs> <laughs> That's like what, like a some like sweaty dude at a party. He wants like a whisper hug. Like he just kind of goes in. It's like, hey, thanks for the no, party. no. I'm wearing headphones. Stop it. Like that's what a whisper hug is. So oh, Adam needs to find a new groove. 
I apologize um, to Holland who has to edit this and to everyone listening yeah. at home. <laughs> I don't. Uh, get ready for more. Th- no, I won't do it again if it's unpleasant. Um, that's fine. Uh, but yeah, it's all a very like thinly veiled attempt to hang out with Adam Moore, for sure. Uh, then we bounce back to uh, Eli getting this whole story on with the great director, Brett Barnett, uh, who gives them the task to make a short film and to impress him. And the director's like kind of cute and vaguely Irish. Yeah, I wrote down the words, some kind of foreign question mark. <laughs> um, I wrote the exact same thing. He has a very... Thing. <laughs> director is kind of foreign <laughs> he has some accent that i can't place maybe it's like rural canadian or maybe it's irish or maybe it's some combination of the two trying to sound like an american Hashtag i really don't right. know we if we look this actor up like oh god that just sounds like a lot of imdb so i don't want to would he but, have an imdb i mean i think if you found the episode yeah, but the accent is hard to place. All right, um, back to Becky Baker. I wrote down, oh, I thought I, it was stud cowgirl, but it's student council girl, so. <laughs> I don't um, write with pens a lot. I wrote, no one gives a shit about Whisper Hug, um, which yeah. is probably true, but I don't remember what happened. So I wrote Jenna good advice with rejection. Where it's just like... Yes, I wrote the same thing. Yeah, it's like... Like, so... Becky was supposed to ask Adam out, but she sort of, like, chickened out and just asked him to do fundraising. And Jenna's like... Mm. And it's like, no wonder he rejected you. You didn't actually ask him out. Like, I know rejection is scary, but it's necessary. Like, would you rather be in a weird, in-between, vague phase? Or just want to know either way? Like, you ask him out, he says, yes, great, awesome. He says, no, you get to get over it. And we need more Jennas in the world. Truly. Like, Adam picked up on Becky's huge crush, and he immediately turns on the flirt switch, and I know that baby Allegra um, would have had many gay feelings about this. That is amazing. You've said that, right, that, like, listeners have written in before and said that Adam, like, fan the gay flames in their loins. Like, Adam is, like, a big awakening point for a lot of people, which... Yeah. I think he's cool. I he's charming and there's a lot going on. Oh, yeah. When he turned on the, the flirtiness, I was like, oh. Like before, last time I saw Adam, I think he was still wearing like a dumb beanie all the time. That also seems to be a classic trans dude move. Like the, the beanie is a look for sure. Like that's a <laughs> <Yes>. go-to. <laughs> you just called out all of my trans dude friends. Um, so <laughs> I mean, no, because honestly, <laughs> same here. All of my trans dude friends went through a beanie phase. Like... <laughs> They all listened to Fallout. Hundred percent. <laughs> they all listened to Fallout. Or wore yeah. those checkered or bands. Like that's oh. the other one. Yeah. <laughs> it's what it, they're wearing. One of the two hats at all times for like a good first quarter of their lives. But yeah, like so. The next scene is Bianca and Drew's mom, which isn't as weird as you may think. Yes. So like Drew dropped out of high school, moved out of his mom's house. But Bianca and Drew's mom are still, like, toit, even though she hasn't told her about the um, engagement. And Drew's, like, Drew's mom is like, has he, 
he dropped out of high school. He moved out. He bought a motorcycle. And I'm like, he bought a fucking motorcycle? Um, oh, no. Which I know that this podcast oh. has addressed since. But she's like, has he made any other big life decisions that I don't know about? And she's like, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> Although Bianca's a very good liar. Yeah. Uh, the poor thing. To her own detriment, maybe. I know, right? Oh, my mm. God. And next is the Adam and like... Becky flirty montage. Yes. This is after Becky came out to Adam, right? Yeah. So Becky was like, all right. So we sort of are going through this very fluidly. But essentially, Jen is like, yo, you got to bite the bullet. And so Becky sits down in class. Then, like, the bell rings. And she goes, can I go to the bathroom? And the teacher's like, sure. And I'm like, you just got to class. Like, how cool is that teacher? Instead of being like, you had time to go before me. But um, she goes and she pulls Adam out of class using, like, student council privileges or some shit. I don't know. And she's like, I really need to talk to you. And he's like, oh, you are in love with me. And she's like, yes. And so then they get to go have fun, flirty fun. Well, because she's also roped him in to working on the fundraiser. She, like, bullied him into it, but now they're getting to, like, flirt at retail stores, I guess, demanding for perks for this auction, I guess. And, yeah, there's just all matching fedoras and meaningful looks at retail establishments at the mall. That's the whole kind of <laughs> vibe of the show. <laughs> meaningful looks at retail stores is the name of my autobiography. <laughs> yeah. But like Becky is, is, but Becky's so in love, and like she's like, I know he's yeah. trans, and but and like he, if he, like I wouldn't like him if he weren't a boy, but he is a boy. I'm like very proud of you, Becky. Um, this sort of comes out of nowhere from my perspective, and Degrassi likes to give people like unearned benefits of the doubt a lot, but mm -hmm. whatever. I just want Adam to be happy. Yeah. Oh my god! And the next scene is about like oh her like. This the montage ends sort of mercifully because like wow that was a lot and her douchey brother Luke comes over and starts being a douche and is like you know her parents will never approve and it's like Luke be fucking chill okay it's a fucking high school relationship and like they have not even been on a proper date yet so like no calm down Luke okay she doesn't she's not getting married she doesn't need to tell her parents everything like, let her have, like, a fucking moment, Mr., like, flirt and make out with Jenna, but then be like, I'm not into a serious relationship, and then make out with some other chick. Like, you're going through your hoe phase. Let your sister go through her romance phase, okay? Luke is the brother? Yeah. Oh, okay. Biblical thing. Makes sense. Um, yeah, because the, the brother confronts and tells her not to date Adam, uh, and we kind of see the whole thing mom and dad are super awful we'll get to uh, that so don't do it you know what else is super yeah. awful we're getting to that eli wearing a normal ass t-shirt over a gray striped shirt yes the second one of the episode in fact uh and yeah yeah eli's like There's... struggling oh i'm sorry do you have more fashion no 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 please continue 
like okay so eli clearly wants to impress this dude and um he's like full steam ahead but he has no idea what to do for his short video he's just like way overthinking it and is trying like way too hard to like impress someone so like all of his ideas are like weirdly historic or specific it's kind of like when ashley wanted to like write a deep song so she or poem or some shit and it was all about like women starving during the spanish civil war um Mm. but jake's like oh yeah i'm done i just filmed a trash bag for two minutes floating in the wind and i'm just like okay american beauty like you're not original (laughs) but i guess you might get like a c minus on that shit and Eli's like, whoa, where did you get the idea for that? And I'm like, he watched American Beauty. Why are you so, like, I thought you were the film guy. You should have seen this movie. Like, Eli would totally be one of those dude bros who's like, oh, American Beauty is one of my favorite films. Like, mm. But whatever. He's uh, like, I can tell you how I did this, but you got to keep it our little secret. You can't even tell Claire. And he's like, what? And then the scene ends. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what? I thought he was sarcastic at first, like, gotta keep it our secret, ha ha, just kidding, um, I'm unoriginal, but no, he just, like, it's ominous and weird, and, like, it seems yeah. sexual. Yeah, and there is a, know. there's a big, very serious secret that's gonna be revealed, like, the shoe is about to drop, Seriously. but then we get to another scene, more of Becky kind of just, like, flailing around, like, sad that her parents aren't gonna approve of Adam, just, like, being sad and this uh, is where jenna gives some very like mm, i don't know if this is like good advice advice where she's like just keep adam a secret just don't tell your parents and i'm like yeah i mean yeah like that's my advice too it's like your parents don't need to know like you have literally just started flirting and dating him like it doesn't like whatever it's just like Maybe this is hindsight, but it's clearly like she and her parents are close. And if she suddenly started like spending all of her time outside the house and stuff, it might be like really suspicious. It's just like Becky Baker doesn't seem the type of person who would be able to pull off a secret boyfriend as we very immediately see, basically. Yeah, it takes Becky about three seconds for her to reveal nearly everything to her father uh really no time is passed oh we're skipping ahead sorry this is the hallway oh are we so yeah so okay okay so they started flirting in the retail store before becky actually confessed in the hallway but that's when this happens so she gets the advice from jenna to just don't tell your parents you're dating which i'm like that sounds simple enough and they kiss in the hallway and it's so romantic and adam is like oh you like me i know exactly what to do and i'm like all right adam i mean i guess adam's technically dated before becky definitely hasn't like i'm sure he seems all like cool i have no idea what the age difference is between them if at all but i don't know it was cute it was sweet uh and then we get to jake's shady secret yeah this is, guys, this is real uh, special episode shit. Yeah. It's weed. It has this, they fucking whip out a blunt in the school parking lot. Okay, blunt is a strong word. That is like <laughs> a tiny ass little joint if I've ever seen one. Um, not that I know anything about that. No, of course not. 
Uh, but it really yeah he is he's he's smoking dubers in the parking lot he smokes the wacky tobacco um (laughs) this show is like gotta keep it a secret okay man as if like every teenager on the face of the planet isn't like smoking weed all the time like, yeah, like the show is such like a weird mix of tones. It's so hard. Like we have like trans identity issues and conservatism and like conversion therapy, which we're going to get to in a sec. Which, whatever, we're going to get there. Um, uh, teenagers making the biggest mistakes of their lives and also like crazy fucked up history of like violence and like abandoning parents and households and all this kind of stuff. And then kid smokes a weed and makes a shitty student film like we're operating on such different like levels right now honestly you you bring up the uh the problem with tone and that's really true because they're like you can't Mm -hmm. tell like i'm sure like every teenager who smokes weed in high school thinks they're like getting away with some big secret like don't tell anybody dude like oh like, I can't tell. I'm sh- like, the show feels like it should be condemning weed, but like, really isn't. Like, this isn't a, a, a reefer madness situation. It's just like, yeah. By the way, if you think that you're going to create an amazing video while smoking weed, you're probably wrong. Like, you're, you're 17. You're not as special as you think you are, which is a very good message at the end of the day. Yeah, truth. Oh my God. But, Jake offers Eli weed, which is like kind of the opposite of these roles that I would have expected. Like I would have totally thought that the edgy kid would have smoked weed all the time and not like the weird like environmentalist nerd was, I don't know, straight laced kid is the one being like, I'm no pusher direct quote yeah um you know because that's just the thing people say i just i'm not a pusher uh yeah it's just like kind of a letdown with everything else that's going on um i mean i feel like this episode yeah because everything is just kind of weird and not as like high stakes as the last episode we were on it doesn't feel like whiplash it doesn't feel like we're being like violently swung in between each no, plot line. Definitely not. Like I felt mm. physically hurt after watching the last episode because I was like, "What the fuck is happening?" Yeah. This one it was so gripping. <laughs> so Bianca in the next scene is like, "We have to tell your mom." Like we have to. Like, clearly Bianca yeah. is not on the Let's Hate Drew's mom train, just like he is. Like, he's completely rebelled, and he's like, oh, she just wants to keep us apart. Uh. That's like, Why ever would she want that? I kind of don't give a They're shit. They're just being so dumb about it. They're just moving so quickly and, like, jumping into something that doesn't need to happen whatsoever. But, like... Adam has a lot of testosterone and like needs Adam? to put a baby inside of her right now. Oh, not Adam. Well, I mean, maybe. I don't. I don't. Know, <laughs> I don't know what Adam's up to. But Drew, yes, Drew. 
Yeah, it feels uh, like Drew like, has a lot of testosterone. Like I never saw. I don't know the context of him proposing at all. But it feels like he's yeah. just doing it to prove that he's an adult, and this is what adults do. Like he's trying to prove yeah, to his probably. society man that like I'm capable of. Adults move. Yeah. Adults move out of their mom's apartments at 17 and buy motorcycles all the time. Like, that's... I mean, in a way, he's, like, having a midlife crisis. (laughs) I would expect... I would expect Drew to die, like, in his (laughs) mid-30s. Like, that doesn't... That's not the implication. I wouldn't be surprised if he died in his mid-30s. I didn't didn't mean to imply that, that, but... Given the trajectories but, yeah, on. Yeah, that checks out. <laughs> anyway, Becky is... This is the... Okay, so previous scene we saw with Becky, she's like, I'll keep Adam a secret. Literally the next scene we see her in, her dad's like, yeah. who's Adam? Because she's like gaga-eyed over like writing his name in her notebook or something. And she's like, <laughs> yeah. a boy. And then she's like, oh shit, I'm talking to my dad. And I'm like, really? And he's like, oh, a boyfriend? And she's like, a friend who's a boy? Yeah, boyfriend. Because he lying's a sin. And I'm like, bitch. <laughs> this was your it's idea. Just, yeah. It's just like, ugh, here we fucking go. Like, bring it on. And he's like, you can't date without parents' approval. Invite him over to dinner, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, yeah, I really don't know. Like, if you knew you were this garbage at lying, I don't know what the fuck you expected. Yeah. Learn to lie. Like, come on. Like, every child of conservative parents that, that, that like, isn't, like, a young Republican <laughs> learns how to lie to their parents really well. So this is not... This is this is new for her. Give her yeah. a couple of years and she'll be great at it. Oh, my God. Um, She's definitely going to go to college and, like, have a whole phase. Oh my oh boy. The phases this poor thing is gonna go through. I mean uh, I feel like it's gonna happen like if you're gonna go through a phase, it's gonna happen at Degrassi. Yeah. Yeah. Degrassi is every phase in a blender all at once. Oh my god, she's um, like, No, you can't meet him. Like she tries to resist at first and he's like, Why? Does he have a tattoo? Which is funny because Holland and I literally just got tattoos that last week, so I guess Oh no, we wouldn't be able to date Becky. So they're so cute, though. Becky and Adam. Your tattoos. Oh, thank you. I haven't put mine up on the internet because there's no like cute way to take a picture of a foot, but like it's on my no, ankle. It's true. <laughs> but yeah, so um, um, the next scene, yeah. Drew's mom uh, meets with Bianca, and like she like Bianca or- orchestrates Drew and Drew's mom to get together, and she's like, "We're telling her we're engaged." And so they were like, okay, we have something serious to tell you. And she's like, oh, God, you're pregnant. And she's like, no. And she's like, oh, thank Jesus. And she's like, but we are engaged. And she's like, why? Okay, like Drew's mom is a nice, like she's, she's not a warm lady. But, and like, she's very blunt, which I can see why that clashes with Drew a lot. Because Drew, like she and Drew are so similar. And that's usually where you see like conflicts between parent and child is when they're like too similar yeah like uh, i feel like like drew's mom really needs to be more tactful with the way she's approaching drew because like she's losing a lot of ground with bianca every time she like like you can't 
immediately judge someone for their decisions or else they're immediately going to be like on their guard against you. Like if you want to convince someone that what they're doing might be harmful to themselves, you can't approach it as if like they're dumb. You can't be like, why would you do that? That's such a dumb decision. You're not old enough to make these decisions. Like you're just pushing these people away. Yeah. She's, she kind of strikes me as a woman who's like been through like hard times. And so she's gives off the air of like, I've been through it. I know what's good for you. Here's what you're going to do. And like, I'm going to tell you that you're fucking up. Whereas like what a kid like them needs to hear is slow the fuck down. Sure. You can get married, but does it have to be tomorrow kind of deal? You know, like, let her know like you can pump the brakes whenever you want my child was literally in a fight club and had a cocaine girlfriend for a while (laughs) and like it's okay like everything's chill we're just gonna have dinner and we're gonna listen to each other you know yeah it's like spot on first of all because his drew's mom has been through some shit i I cannot remember, but apparently when she was younger, she was into some like messy, scary stuff. Um, so like, that's definitely where she's coming from. So I guess good job on that actress that you were able to pick up on that. Um, but Drew's mom, she pulls Bianca aside and she's like desperate. Like if it's really that important to you, you can wait five years. Like, why does it have to be this summer? Why can't it be until after you finish college? Like if you're serious about being together forever, it doesn't have to be right now. And that like, reached Bianca that like reached her but like Bianca's biggest problem right now is this giant toddler she has changed herself to it's that thing right you're a reasonable logical person but then your dumb chemicals in your brain are like but what if you ignored the logical parts because this person makes the chemicals go crazy but my parts want to do this yeah, and it, Honey, like, you got it. Your we, parts want to do a lot of things. <laughs> and we're seeing this as people who have fucking been there. where We've made dumb decisions oh, over, cool. over boys and stuff. <laughs> my parts make me, my parts made me do stupid shit last weekend. Like, <laughs> it's fine. We, don't, we do not need to get into that, sir. No. In your parts. <laughs> you're saying, you're saying your heart, right? Um, you were saying your heart? Sure. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what kind of rating this podcast has. So let's go with that. I would just like to um, remind everyone that my favorite quote of my sister's off of this podcast was about Eli and how the actor was like 19 years old when he started on this show. And she goes, old enough to fuck. <laughs> oh boy. Nothing about Eli makes me want to fuck. <laughs> He doesn't look that bad um, when he doesn't look like a uh, edgy teen. I like. I'm introduced to him as like a shitty art dude, and <laughs> that kills it right there. Like that, no more. Oh, business you... is closed when you have like a bad student film that you want to show me. Maybe a bad song or a bad like... comedy. Oh, God. Like, any of those three things. Combined. 
oh god a bad comedy art video <laughs> mm, comedy music video like what if he writes a comedy song about you about lasers and dinosaurs and it's like first and of he's all... really like he yeah no he he picks the worst like and then throws in a bunch of like meme references from 2009 i'm very offended and it's about how much he loves you i'm very and he sings it in front of your parents <laughs> you know you purposely chose a ninja sex party reference for that example and <laughs> oh i guess that is a lot of confusing emotions but that's i'm talking about bad like poorly done yeah oh god there's nothing worse than bad comedy you and i know very no. intimately yeah yeah because we're not funny uh, and also we did improv um yeah god if you really want to know the limits of humanity watch people be like oh i can do improv yeah um but anyway, watch people try so adam calls becky out for being a terrible liar oh my god this is uh, when they're on the phone yes and you see that adam has a lana del rey poster in his room I think it's born to die Ugh. okay queer icon adam seriously yeah yeah um remember when we saw her in concert in san diego yeah remember she got mad she stopped the song and made them play she got the song she like stopped it and made them start over again because she got mad at them because the audio was fucked up which was fair because they did the audio was yeah. fucked up I remember when she I saw her once at Coachella. I was in the front I was in the front of Coachella and there were a bunch of like when she came out like there were a million fourteen year old girls screaming all at once and like and you crying. Were you and were... it was really intense. And you were one of those fourteen year old girls. Yes. Yes. Remember when she just decided um, to sing a ballad sitting down in a chair? Yeah. Yeah. It worked. It's a diva move. You gotta you gotta pull shit like that, you know? It's just like to me, I was just like, okay, this bitch is used to like small European clubs. <laughs> She's, yeah. She played to the first three rows and that's it. But whatever. And those first three rows loved it. So I guess, so... but yeah, Becky's freaking out because she's like, hi, I have like really shitty parents. And Adam's like, don't worry about it. I passed when we first met. Like, I'll just go to dinner. It'll be fine. And I'm like, Adam might be like <laughs> okay. way too cool about this. Becky explicitly tells Adam and Becky, no, I'm pretty sure my parents are like going to be real shitty about the whole situation and they don't believe her. I feel like she might know best. But I... Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Adam is just trying to keep it cool. Yeah, uh, such like a man. He just wants to fix things instead of actually listening. Oh God, such a fucking fixer can't fix me adam just want you to listen i just want to hear my experience no this none of this is adam's fault um it is never adam's and then fault, except for that one yeah that and then we cut to the dude's getting high oh yeah like, um i have to say um the actor who plays jake clearly gets high all of the time and the actor who plays eli has never been high in his life yeah um probably because he's a musical theater kid and like doesn't want to hurt his voice um and yeah it is very apparent and it's just not convincing and it's not good tv which is convenient because they switched 
pretty quickly back to uh, the dinner scene. I think we need um, your hot expert take. Um, because we're both Californians, but you're like way cooler than uh-huh. me. So we need to like dissect the different in Stop. the difference between Adam and Eli, or sorry, Jake and Eli getting high and trying to write their short film. What, what do you mean? Like their their approach? That just <laughs> no, like just, their high acting? They're like, high acting, yes. I need you to critique their high acting. So Jake is very laid back. He was just kind of on the couch, like saying words normal, but maybe a little bit spacey. Whereas like Eli is like everything that he's doing is like, oh, I don't, uh, 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 and like just a lot of like manic guttural noises and he's just like i have so many ideas this is like i'm so amped i'm so full of energy meanwhile jake is like jake's like staring at a chip with his mouth hung open yeah yeah which like that is something that happens when you get high but it's all on the inside most of the time like it's just not i was i just didn't like it you, yeah, I mean, if we're going to see two teenagers do some stupid shit and smoke a little weed, I guess, like, I think they were trying to make this seem funny. Yes. I think they wanted this to be a comedic relief scene. Yeah, yeah. The whole arc is, like, comedic, for sure. Like, that's the whole point. It's like, this one is supposed to, this is the one that goes good, because the other two are, like, train wrecks just streaming down yeah and Degrassi has always had a weird tone problem like I feel like and this might be just like a personal choice that their storylines about serious topics would be more effective if we saw multiple perspectives of the same storyline like instead of yeah dedicating time three storylines is way too much just do two and just have people talking about like take from more than one character's viewpoint yeah why couldn't we see adam and like we we got becky's point of view hardcore why don't we get to see adam's like instead of dedicating all this time for eli trying to get into nyu we could have been like We could have seen Adam's point of view. And, like, Adam is Drew's stepbrother. Have we even checked in on Adam and how he feels about Drew moving out and dropping out of school and shit? Like, Adam's the perfect... Like, they're not even in the same universe. Yeah, Adam's the perfect middle point between the A plot and the B plot, and we do not get his point of view at all. No. Adam is blissfully unaware that his brother is, like, destroying his life. Or maybe he's not, and just, like trying to hold on poor adam man hashtag justice for adam smash cut to winner what dinner oh you're right why did i write winner that's clearly a. uh there's a line where the brother goes oh adam you're so brave oh yeah luke is just shitty or you're you're a brave guy uh for performing or I, I forget what his excuse is but he like almost outs adam to the whole thing and the parents don't seem to notice because yeah i mean if you're not looking for it if you yeah. blissfully live in this bubble that everyone is cis straight white and jesusy 
But yeah, Ugh. Becky's doing that really nervous thing where it's like her parents are asking Adam questions about himself and she's like answering for him. And Adam's like super chill about it. And he's like, no, yeah. And uh, Adam like makes a shitty remark about like sports or something. And I really can't remember, but I have the vague memory that maybe Adam tried to do a sport, but then people were like, you can't play a sport because you're a girl or something shitty like that. I really can't remember. But Adam was like, yeah, no, I'm more into theater. Like, just completely, like, very coolly shrugs all of it off. And then the episode ends, like, part one ends, and everything seems suspiciously fine. Yeah. And then we start off again. uh, Back to Adam and Becky. Only thing I wrote down, I have no idea what they did, but I did need to mark again that we are talking about Whisper Hug. And yeah. just how gross of a name that is. Because Mo is there and he's riffing about Vegas and it's not funny and is very bad. Mm-hmm. Like Degrassi, you can't just you can't just make the fat kid funny, okay? It's just not. That's just like stereotypical base mean. And if you're not actually going to give him anything funny to say, it doesn't work. Fat kid needs to have at least one other characteristic. He likes music, which is why I think he's like the head of Whisper Hug. Mm. And he has a popular... Is he the one to blame for the name? Most definitely. Most definitely. Um, But he has a girlfriend. He's dating Marisol, who's um, also shitty. So they fit perfectly together. I don't know. Sometimes I really like Mo, and then sometimes I really hate Mo. Mo Mo did wear a fedora Hmm. one time. Well, he's dead to me. Okay, all right, cool. Anyway, um, justice for plus-size people having more than two kinds of characteristics. Um, Moving on. Becky sad. Um, Yeah. Becky makes Jenna look like fucking Meryl Streep in acting ability. Yeah. Becky has two emotions, and we have seen all of them. Earnest, earnest happiness and earnest sadness <laughs> earnest are really sadness. her go-tos. We see a lot of earnest sadness. Yeah. Um, very just like, boy, she means it. She, she's, she's trying. She's putting what she's got in, into the performance. But she's just like, she like looks up and blinks really hard and smiles and she's like, Jenna. I don't know. I don't know if I can lie to my parents. And it's like, um, it's just one of the things like, are you lying to your parents? Like, yes, you're not being forthright in the fact that you're in a queer relationship now, but like Adam is still your boyfriend. And so we start to get in that weird gray tone area. And like Becky is so focused on the fact that she knows her parents would hate it. If like, the truth came out that um, Adam was trans. Like, she's like, I know it's going to end badly. I know they're going to hate it. And, like, I think at this point, Jenna just doesn't even know what the fuck to do. And she's like, I don't know. Maybe your parents will be supportive. They're nice. And I'm like, bitch, that is fucking, like, you don't know how people Not react how to this works. shit. Like, you cannot predict. And it's like, you can't, I don't know. Like, Becky is in a shit situation because she just wants to, like, be with her boyfriend and enjoy, like, a 
harmless teen romance, um, but she has this big cloud of like parental judgment hanging in her heart. So like, I get it. I don't know. I just say go back to option A and keep lying. But I know it's like that's not where this is going. This is like this is like Becky's crossroads. You gotta get a little bit of a backbone at this point. Um, you know, is are you more concerned about your happiness or the approval of others like i know with your parents it's weirder i don't know good job degrassi i'm conflicted yuck all right (laughs) uh movie dude back to eli uh wearing the third long sleeve short sleeve combo of the fucking episode like claire reads his script and makes like a million like grammar edits and i'm just like now having seen the script i'm like first of all not a lot of dialogue in the um no in the 30 second film and two you didn't see anything else strange about that claire no other red flags yeah yeah claire nothing uh nothing kind of off about off about this this film like you got it from the start like she was a little weird that eli decided to hang out with her um stepbrother slash ex-boyfriend but she's really oh god oh <laughs> degrassi <laughs> well they were dating and then All their the... parents got married really fast and it was weird see it's so weird because like i forget that all of these characters have like backstories of their own i just kind of only see like anybody who's just playing support for the episode i just assume that they're like disposable and don't exist but she <laughs> used to date her stepbrother or something okay that's chill like fine oh claire okay so here's the thing that's really shitty claire and eli are notorious for being the most dramatic couple in like all of degrassi like multiple people have told claire that she is drama and we see her dress like a 45 year old lawyer the whole episode and yeah. contributes nothing just but just a soundboard for Eli. I'm just so exhausted with this film. It's just like <laughs> faces flashing back and forth and like he's saying <laughs> words and then something about like lies and then it's over. It's shit. And the director dude is just not into it. No one should be. I found it hilarious. No. I felt like... yeah. The Degrassi writers are like, ooh, we get to make a terrible on-purpose short film. Yeah. And I think they nailed it. Yeah. Uh, I think, honestly, if they, like, if they just committed to this being comedic instead of trying to, like, tie it down to something more important about, like, getting in or they weren't, like, fitting it into these other big plots, like, there's something funny going on here. Yeah, someone on De- the Degrassi writing staff is funny. And they get something yeah. through sometimes. It just uh, it just goes underappreciated. Yeah. It's just like, let them do it or don't. Yeah. But it's like, this show has turned right. into such a dramatic show. I mean, look at Claire. and I'm sorry, not Claire, but Drew and Bianca. That, like, these, it's so weird to, like, they cannot wield their tone well. No. And talking about that, now we jump into Drew and Bianca and they are planning this wedding. They are just gung-ho. We're not waiting till the end of the year. 
like we're gonna oh wait before we get into this hot mess there were a couple notes from the film showing in class which has got to be mortifying um because Eli looks as if this is the first time he's seen it and I'm like you had to have edited this right but like the very extremely painful film shows and then it's like dead silence except Jake claps he's like yeah so maybe fucking Jake edited it um but the teacher the um the film critic guy goes I feel like I just watched the tape from the ring um panthers for those of you who have not seen this please go and just watch that one clip of the really bad short film if this had been highlighted better this really would have been a very funny episode i agree but yeah fiona so bianca's at fiona's house and i guess they're friends now and i definitely missed when that happened and fiona's like making bianca's dress because i don't know if you knew this uh, cole but fiona's like kind of broke now because her mom started stealing from their charity or something is Fiona the one that bought the dress for $20,000? Yes. Are you shocked that they were bad at their finances? Bet she sure wish she had that $20,000 now. I bet um, she does. <laughs> Although it did allow Holly J to have a kidney. Yeah. That, w- that was a good $20,000 spent. But sure would be nice to have. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. But yeah. but So Bianca's confiding in... Fiona that she's like maybe I will wait five years and of course Drew walks in at that very moment yeah and basically gets super super duper like white dude mad about the fact that his mother has like poisoned her and like doesn't respect them and thinks he's trying to like she's trying to like manipulate them which Sounds like what a 17-year-old boy says when your mom says don't get fucking married when you're a child. Yeah. You know? Like, Drew, she's not trying to manipulate her. She literally was like, I beg you to consider this. It Like, the decision is still Bianca's. And, like, Bianca's very smart, <laughs> which is why yeah. the logic seeped through to her brain. But he mm. essentially strong arms her into being like, you, you don't love me if you don't get married to me right now. Oh boy, and he's controlling. And that's way more oh, manipulative. that's so fun. Like, my God, that's literally like emotional blackmail. You he has mood swings and he's manipulative? What a catch. <laughs> Sign me up. And then he like leaves. He's just like holding a motorcycle helmet. And she's like, I love you. And he goes... Till the world explodes. Oh, God. Like, what? Ugh. That's not a thing. That's not a saying. I love you till the world explodes. Like, what? And it's so fucking... Because it's gonna happen. <laughs> um, they don't have vision to the future. But, like, that's such a... Like, like first of all, like, bad Star Wars, I guess. Uh, but it just feels like this is this is their idea of what they think love is. We're going to yeah. we're going to love each other and the world is against us and the world will end in destruction, violent fire, and that's what love is and that's what we're in. Like that's such like a angsty dude's I like angsty 17-year-old's idea of love. Mm. Like I'm sure 
Drake or Drake Drew is gonna pick up um, a bad guitar and write some angsty like slam acoustic poetry to it. Maybe it'll be good for him. He'll have finally have something to take his anger out on that's like Healthy. constructive. Yeah, pick up. It's a gonna guitar. be bad. It's gonna be bad music, but at least he's not gonna like go fight club again. Hey Drew, put down your fists and pick up a guitar. Uh, I hate us. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, now Emma Roberts is telling her parents that Adam is trans, uh, and her parents go, "Well, plot what? twist. Trans? Like transparent? Trans? Okay. And it's not her parents. Oh, like... She's. Oh. <laughs> it's a. It's a. It's a fake out. I... It's a fake out. Remember? Yeah. Because she's like, Bob, Dad, Adam is trans, and you pan to Adam and Jenna pretending to be her parents. And Jenna goes, trans? As in transient? Is Adam homeless, honey? And I swear to God, I just listened to the most recent like podcast episode that Han and Kelsey did. And that's straight up what Becky said when Jenna told her at first. Really? Yeah. Wow. That just makes me think about sad things. Uh, the friends try to frame it like it's just the parents are just going to be cool with it. Yeah, I'm. Here's the thing. Ideally, it's Adam's choice to let people know what his deal is, right? Yeah. And this scenario posits that Adam's like totally cool. It's like, you want to tell your parents? I'm totally support you. I'm behind it. I will help you out. But it's just such a fucking bummer. We don't get to see that conversation. We don't get to see or feel like what Adam feels about literally any of this. The entire episode is Becky feels things. Adam tells her it's okay. And then we move on and just experience more of Becky's emotions. And I'm just like, but what does Adam, the object of the tension, feel about this? Because they're treating him like an object. He's the trans issue between the baker family because it's like you know what i just find it more compelling to be like i have a first real serious girlfriend but she comes from a very conservative family how do i deal with that element of my dating life yeah yeah what does like they're already paying the actress that plays adam's mom to be on set like they're already sure. having this woman be around like why not pull her in for another scene and have adam kind of you know talk about this kind of stuff yeah there's multiple it's not like, multiple it's not like she's busy you could yeah you could you're already at that set just have her talk to her son about things like because there's no crossover uh it's just aggravating these are um, three separate, distinct storylines yeah. with no overlap. Yeah. Talking about that, Mom, uh, we... Oh, wait. Yeah. Before we exit the scene, yeah. they do another yeah. fake out, and she does tell her parents, but we don't see their reaction. Yeah. Yeah. And the parents seem to be cool about it at first, or at least, like, don't freak out immediately. Like, they, they're kind of like... Oh, we understand. Okay. We see. All right, honey. We love you. 
Uh, more on that later. But about that mom, uh, we do get a scene with her where Bianca comes in and tells the mom that she still wants to get married. And the mom in classic mom fashion is just very like, Ugh, you're too young. Like you have a lot to look forward to. And then she says this thing that like kind of comes off as a little rude. Like, I don't want my son working at a mall trapped in a teen marriage. I want better for him. And so Bianca's like, uh, Kaka, excuse me. It, no, uh, it comes I'm off in love real with bad. It comes off so yeah. bad. Like, yeah. she's like, Drew yeah. has been afforded every privilege in life and you haven't. So, like, you can sort of see that the, what she's trying to go for is, like, don't waste your future on my garbage spoiled son. Yes. She's like, I want Drew like, to strive better because uh, he has, like, because that's what parents want for their children. He hasn't had to work that hard. Um, and you've already done so well. Don't, like throw it all away but it comes off like you're a garbage person and my son uh deserves better because he comes from better like it's a bad she's trying to say you have climbed out of a hole don't go dive into another one because my son has hot pecs like please like calm yourself he 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 has gotten hotter yeah he has he's like he's like yeah I don't know what age these actors are, so I feel creepy saying that. But, like, whenever I say that, just please understand that I'm talking, like, if I was a teen boy in this situation, who would I want to bang? Absolutely Drew. Like... I feel like Drew is... I hate myself. Whatever. You know what I mean. Um, And he has pretty eyes and, like, a well-constructed face. But he's problems. Don't do it, girl. Anyway, more problems. Becky and Adam hang out at Becky's place and their dad wants to have a chat. What what is what is Becky's dad asked them to do, Allegra? He starts to sort of talk to Adam and Adam's like, Oh yeah, if you have any questions about it, like I'm here, I'm cool talking about it. And he's and the dad's like, No, I don't have any questions, but um I and he hands hands Adam with like slides it across the table and it's like conversion therapy and he implies it as if it's just for adam but it turns out he wants it for both adam and becky like you're full of sin god made you one way on purpose and you're just confused and adam is like fuck you fuck that i know who i am like fuck yourself and leaves because he should not have to deal with that shit. And Becky is like, like, I cannot believe this happened. And I'm like, bitch, you knew this was going to happen. You're the only one who knew it was going to happen. But yeah, still. This still is what we harsh. said was going to happen like 30 minutes ago in episode one. This is what, like, this is what you said was going to happen when your friends tried to convince you that everything was going to be okay. And here we are. But yeah, they made her. They made her made it seem as if they were cool with it, and she was really happy and got her hopes up. And like, hearing that in real life is still like way scarier than like imagining the scenario. Just shitty, just so shitty. And I just, I will say, it sort of seemed like a by the book scene, though. Like, all right, you knew this yeah. was gonna happen. They sit Adam down. We talk about conversion therapy. He calls Adam a sinner. Adam, like, scene ends. There you go. 
Like, they don't hype it up. They don't, like, treat it like it's the most serious, important thing ever. It's very much like, all right, here's the scene everyone knew that was going to happen. Agreed. No. Yeah. That's definitely on the nose. And I feel like every scene in both these episodes were, like, quick. Yeah, it was so much back and forth. I feel like I'm, like, losing all these little things. It was hard for me to keep notes. They don't let anything breathe. Yeah. No. Definitely not. Uh, reminds me of the Japanese concept of ma, which I just watched a YouTube video of last night. <laughs> Fucking weeb. <sighs> yeah. Uh, I'm supposed to be Kelsey 2.0, so, you know, we have that in common, right? We both love anime and Japanese culture and know so much about video games. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. yeah. For sure. Um, um, it's a next scene. I basically the only thing I wrote down is like, it's the school whatever. Like, it's time for the thing that they were leading up to and money and they're going to raise it. Adam and Becky are there. Continuing on. Uh, and Becky's parents are there to... I don't know, talk some more, convince them to do conversion therapy. And it's just frustrating the whole time because it's like, this continues to be about Becky and Becky's parents and Becky's whole thing. And it's like, hey, Adam has like literally gone on an emotional roller coaster. And unlike Becky, hasn't lied to people and fucked up to get there. You know, Adam's just kind of been going along for the ride and trying to enjoy his time with a pretty girl. Yeah. But here we are. At the very least, Adam should be an equal part to this A plot. Like, the most emotion we get out of him is during the fuck off, I know who I am part. And it's yeah. like, they really, <laughs> they're only using Adam as like a prop, and it just pisses me the fuck off. Ugh. But that's what I did also note that the music sucked oh whisper hug is terrible yeah (laughs) if the name was eddie like and this is not you know we're not listening to tchaikovsky here um yeah right and then next scene uh bianca is like unpacking her feelings um this is all at the fun like once we get to the fundraiser Everything happens at the fundraiser. Like, Bianca and yeah. Drew are also at the fundraiser. And, like, except for Eli and Claire. I don't know. I have a note about Bianca. And I think she's just, like, talking to Drew where she's like, I talked to your mom and, like, fuck her. We're totally getting married this summer. And he's like, finally, you're seeing reason. Which is, like, a big old yikes for me. And then the parents, Becky's parents, are just like, we're here to show our support, but also we want you to go to this uh, camp in Florida. And Becky's kind of pushing back a little bit. She's like, who could you like do this? Like, why can't you understand? And then I think it weirdly sm- like cuts back to Eli and Claire in like Eli's kitchen or something. Yeah. Uh, this is where he tells her that he smoked the dubes to do the project. The devil's grass or something yeah but yeah this is where i'm like claire dresses like a lawyer um yeah eli confesses to weed and she's like oh that's weird which is a very like tame reaction and she's like wait jake smokes weed and he's like you're missing the point um but essentially claire's like 
just do you like don't try so hard you'll be fine and like they act like they've been married for like 87 years which is not what people want out of their eclairship all right yeah they want eli crashing a hearse hearse into a tree to get her to like him like they want the drama did he do that yeah she broke up with him because he was have he was like not taking um his like he was like being way too clingy and dramatic because he had undiagnosed bipolar disorder she broke up with him Mm. because he was being too oppressive in their relationship and so he's like do you want you want me to be a bad boy right a bad boy and so he drives a hearse because of course he does and he drove it into a tree just so Harold Mod fantasy over here. I know. Hey, and she dresses like an old lady. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Try to get that image out. Um, for those of you who have not seen Harold and Mod, would recommend. For those of you who haven't seen Harold and Mod, like, get your shit together. Um, <laughs> get your life on track. The the no, woman. Like, that's an esoteric movie. Not everyone has seen that one. No, it's um, a, it's an it's a cult uh, fave. But like the woman who yeah. plays uh, Maud won her Oscar for Rosemary's Baby, and that's like <sighs> definitely like Claire is like diet that like she can be on both extremes, extremely like messy, crazy, and extremely boring. Not to say that Maud. So is you're boring, telling me this. But- so you're telling me that there's an actual talented actress in this show and she is <laughs> okay, maybe not. <laughs> what I mean You're telling me there's an actress with range that isn't being utilized. I'm just saying that they use Claire <laughs> for the most boring things and the most dramatic, and we just happen to get mm. the bad the bad end of that spectrum this time. I see. Okay. Well, she like uh, tried to the fuck scene her stepbrother, man. Come with... on. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, okay, the scene ends with everyone's favorite movie quote: uh, "Batman, <laughs> why do we fall down, Mister Wayne? So we can get back up." Oh, this is when fucking uh, Batman was super relevant. The Nolan Batman, and like... that was so bad. It really shows how what like fucking nerds these two are yeah yeah and i would hazard a guess that this reference was not great when it was made yeah i feel like this that first batman movie came out a while ago it was not a 2013 feature that was in the that was in the late thousands okay so i'm fairly certain today of the record is july 20th and i think i literally saw something today or yesterday or something that was like the 10th anniversary of the Dark Knight. Yeah, Batman Begins came out in 2005. So they are making an eight-year-old movie reference. <laughs> uh, Get your shit together, all right. Jesse. Should be all about the Bane references in this universe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everybody should go to see what I remember. I was born in the darkness, Eli. I don't know. I have a crap. I couldn't on my understand face. him in that movie. It was a it no. was a dumb It was a struggle. I literally didn't know what he was saying. I feel in the bad. First scene. Anyone with auditory issues, um, I sympathize. Alright. Whatever. Back to the back to the fundraiser now. After the Batman um thing. Uh they bid for the tickets. Uh Bianca's still mad at 
hit at the mom. Uh, they sell the tickets for $3,000. Yeah, Fiona buys it. And I'm like, bitch, you don't have any money. And Drew's like, she doesn't Fiona. have any money. And she's like, we're going to pay her back because we're going to Vegas and we're going to get married. And I'm like, you don't have $3,000. <laughs> so she bought the precisely seven tickets. Wow. Somebody wrapped up in a bunch of other people's shit by seven tickets to a place. Oh, hey, there's also a teen marriage that's going to happen. And tickets to Vegas. Wonder where that teen marriage is going to take place. Um, I guess they're Canadian, though. Oh my god, that's an is international that flight. Can it? Yeah, can Canadians get married on in Las Vegas, and does it count in Canada? <laughs> Would it just be a symbolic thing? <laughs> People get married in other countries all the time. Oh yeah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Destination weddings are a thing. Okay, they're the worst kind of thing, Chill. but. I think the next scene is probably the issue, like the scene I might have the most issues with. Oh, yes, I would agree with that. So Becky's being sad in like the back room of the fundraiser or whatever. And Jenna comes in and she's like, oh, boy, we raised a lot of money. And it's like, Jenna, read the room. Um, (laughs) And uh, she's like, what's up, Becky? And she's just like, my parents freaked out. Um, and Jenna's like, oh no. And I'm like, yeah, Jenna, why the fuck did you tell her it was going to be fine? You didn't know. But then Becky like knocks over Adam's backpack and like tampons fall out. And like Becky picks one up dramatically and she's like, boys don't get their periods. And I'm like, what the fuck do you think trans means? Like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? Like, you literally talk to your parents like Adam was born with parts that people assumed he was one way because he had them, but he's the person who's meant to be right now as a boy. And it's like, did you critically think about this in any way, shape, or form? Like, some boys get their periods, some girls get boners. Like, Anatomy does not necessarily mean identity. Like, that's, like, the whole, it's the whole thing. It's, like, the whole, like, drama about it. And so, like, did you just, like, willingly, like, ignore this part because it was inconvenient to you? Like, I'm just, I just don't. Was this the first time you've ever actually had to confront the reality of like what it means to live in a trans body. You know, I feel like we wouldn't have this issue (laughs) if this episode was told from Adam's point of view. Yeah. Like this is the thing that sets you off when like this should have been in the back of your head. Like this was the whole point. Like what did, I don't know. This is why your parents It's just such a weird. Yeah, it's just such a weird thing, and it's, like, such a, like, it's it's focusing on the, on the worst part of this whole narrative, as opposed to, like, the experience that we actually needed to hear, like, opinions and, like, feelings from. Like, Adam is barely in this episode. <sighs> yeah, exactly. Like, he's barely in part two 
at all. Adam is like the big problem that's going on here between her, between Becky and Becky's family. But we don't actually get to have Adam be a person. Adam is just a problem. And this scene, I just feel like the Degrassi writers wrote themselves into a corner. They were like, okay, yes, okay. Definitely. Becky likes someone who's trans. Becky's parents don't want her to like someone who's trans. Becky stands up for herself at the fundraiser. And then they were like, but wait, we want Becky to go to conversion therapy. But like, how do we make her come to that conclusion? And so they wrote this scene. And I'm just, like, mad about it. Yeah. Also. Yeah. It just, like, yeah. Also, the timeline is super confusing, this whole episode. I feel like we're watching Inception, where, like, the directors want to make you feel like you're in a dream, so you don't know where scenes start or end. You just start in the middle of them. Yeah, there there were some cuts in between, especially like between the storylines. It seemed like, oh, all of a sudden it's dinner time, and then all of a sudden, oh wait, no, it's like after, right after school, and then, like, there's a some kind of like jumping back and forth that's going on. Yeah, I, I see that. Yeah, so I guess the fundraiser is over, and it's like the next yeah. day question mark because Eli yeah. shows the director his new student film and it's like him and Claire walking down a hallway to dramatic music and they hug and he's like, you got something real special here. And I'm like, I guess better than his sure. other one. Sure, whatever you say. He's like, uh-huh, sure. And Eli's like, can you write me an NYU recommendation? And I'm like, fucking shoot your shot, dude. Like, miss every shot you don't take. Basketball metaphors. Because um, you know how much of a sport person I am. But um, he's like, well, I don't usually do this, but you've cornered me alone. Um, And you did listen to my feedback and take it to heart. So sure. And oh, my God, no one cares. And the cycle of male privilege continues. (laughs) Because I would have cared more if the episode, if this wasn't like sandwiched between these two other storylines. Like there was a lot of potential here for a really fun plot that is just so ill-suited for the material yeah. it's, it's surrounded by. Yeah, but it's like but it's like a weed thing or like a I don't know. And this is this is just how like mediocre male directors like get passed on, you know? Mhm. Yeah, we're... like this is this is how Zack Schneider happened, yeah, you like, know? This teacher really liked Marisol's film too. Where's her fucking NYU uh-huh. recommendation? Yeah, exactly. Frustrating. Well, whatever. Um, all right. And then final scene. Becky. Becky's going to conversion therapy. She goes up to Adam. God. And she's like, and Adam's like, so, you, girlfriend, how are you? And she's like, my parents are right. I'm full of sin and confusion. So I'm going to Florida to pray the gay away. And then the episode ends because Adam isn't allowed to be happy. Thanks, everybody. That was enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, so um, Spirit Squad captain of the episode? So like the, oh, oh, definitely Jenna. Really? Definitely. That's her name, right? The friend? Yeah. The one friend, Becky's friend? 
she doesn't give good advice. Well, she gives good advice in the first part, but like Jen is just like there for Becky's shit, and I don't. I hope Becky is returning the favor. Yeah, I would. I mean, Adam for me, because like he's also there for Becky. Oh shit, yeah, yeah. But also stands up for himself against her shitty parents. Yeah, yeah. Adam deserves better. That's hey, maybe that's like a Adam theme. And Jenna should get together. I think Jenna, Jenna and Jake. Wait, no, I take that back. Jenna and Jake were going to be a thing, but then they were like, nah, we'll just make them friends. And now Jake is trying to get with Drew's ex-girlfriend, the Taekwondo drug overdose girl. Mm. Um, Jenna tried to get with Luke, Becky's shitty brother, so she converted to Christianity, but he turned out to be a shitbag. So now she's just rolling with the whole religious thing to see what happens. Hmm. Okay. So then, Jenna's Adam, some shit. don't do that. <laughs> Stay the fuck away from these people. Um, they are draining your energy. Yeah, Jenna. Like Jenna also deserves better. Like she, she's been through some shit. She just had to give up her baby recently. Oh God! What? <laughs> she oh, and her God. boyfriend got pregnant because they forgot to wear a condom one time, and they tried to raise it, but it meant she had to drop out of school, and it was too much for them, and they definitely couldn't support a child especially once casey her boyfriend started cheating on her with marisol so she's like you're not committed to being a father and i can't do this so they gave him up for adoption and she's just trying to be a teen aren't we all <laughs> oh wait we don't do moral anymore um so yeah colt like what did you think about this episode i feel like i've been super vocal about my opinions but i don't know <laughs> i have also been pretty vocal um <laughs> Am I am I giving like a out of five stars? Am I giving like a like a final yeah. thoughts? Yeah. So like, okay. Um, I want you to rate out of ten stars the last episode we okay. watched and this episode. Oh, okay. So. And the criteria one... is enjoyability. Okay. 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 So. I'm going to give the last one we watched a seven. It was dumb, but it was really enjoyable because it was hyper dramatic and there was a lot of really dumb things happening at a high volume all at once. This one I would give like a five or maybe like a four and a half um, because a lot of dumb things were happening but at a slower pace and a lower volume and it made me more angry because it made the whole like trans thing it, they just handled that part so poorly it's like yeah i'll say four i'm gonna i keep like talking myself down last one was a seven this one was like a four i'm happy with that so the last one was kind of like a transformers movie yeah which is kind of it's kind of there's a certain enjoyment to a Transformers film and just like the sheer volume of everything that's happening all at once. Yes. It's just constant noise and adrenaline. Yes. Yeah. This one's kind of like a pretentious family drama that like thinks it's way deeper than it is. Yeah. What is that like the the Jason Bateman uh, Tina Fey thing? This is where I leave you. No one remembers that movie. Um, it's like that. No. 
<laughs> Everything Jason Bateman fucking does recently, he just believes his own shit so hard. Everyone uh, liked Ozark. I was fine on Ozark. You can just... I have too many opinions this episode. I came into this episode with too many opinions. <laughs> There's just... Just that whole brand of, like, sitcom-y, but it's a movie is, like... There are a million of those scripts sitting out there, and everybody always thinks they're a good idea, and they always just put, like, whoever, like, the most handsome guy in SNL is right now, and they think <laughs> it's going to work, but it doesn't. I'm sorry. I do not think that, um... What's-his-face? Colin Jost could hold... You think Colin Jost is cute? I'm just trying to. I, I'm just trying to think of who's attractive on SNL, and literally, like, no one is coming to mind. I think Colin Jost is very attractive. He's dating Scarlett Johansson. Oh my god. Which, like, Colin Jost is very cute and he's very friendly, but like Scarlett Johansson level, I have no. Oh, that's like. Like, obviously, she's canceled, but like. Like, speaking of trans problems, like, she dropped out of that movie, at least, but she is a very attractive person. Yeah. Michael Che is cute, too. Both of the Weekend Update yeah. movies, they're, they're cute. I think they have the benefit of being more attractive because they do, like, the refined, witty political humor. Uh-huh. Instead of having they to get be, to like, wear a suit all the time. Actor. Yeah. So... Any other final thoughts before we wrap up this two-hour-long episode? Oh, my God. Um, it's, no. It's almost midnight. I'm, Fuck me. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm opinioned out. Okay. Oh, so, we don't really yes, have... Yes. Oh, no, yeah. one more thing. If you're a teen and you think you're going to get teen married in high school, don't. Just you really... wait. You can still be boyfriends and whatever or just, like... You don't gotta. You don't gotta. gotta There's nothing forcing you to get married right out of high school. At the like, if you really are gonna be together forever, like that's your plan, then just like wait until you're after twenty five, because that's how you know. Yeah. Because like honestly, stops forming when you're twenty five. First off. Yeah. Honestly, if for nothing else, if you're gonna have a wedding. Wait until you're old enough that you can afford the wedding that you actually want and True. all of your friends can afford nice gifts for you. True. Yeah, Think about it like that. Like, hand me down Xbox if you get married right after high school. Yeah, exactly. You're going to get like a you're going to get like a half-eaten Pringles can and like an eighth of weed. Like it's just not like a subway gift card from your friend who works at Subway. Yeah. Here's my used bong that I tried to clean and some votive um, candles. Like, it's just not going to be, like, a look. I know. We don't we don't usually do morals anymore, but I think we just dropped some. Um, yeah. We don't really have any grapevine because we're not in control of that Twitter. Uh, but there was – I have had some very positive, meaningful interactions with a panther out there, Kyle F. Um, I don't know if you want your Twitter – at ChibiUFO. We've had some we had some good back and forths. Um, so I just wanted to give you a little shout out. Thanks for thanks for being so wonderful. Um, other than that, we Aww. can do anything anything we want to recommend to the Panthers. Oh, one other great find. Uh, shout out to the dude who was high listening to the April Fools episode and thought that 
and didn't notice that it wasn't Holland and Kelsey for a whole time, you know? Um, <laughs> thanks for that one. I got a bright fairy man voice, but I am a dude. Just wanted to throw that out there. What do you want to recommend, Allegra? That's all I have to say. For those of you who don't know what Cole is referencing. I just explained someone... it. I feel like I explained well, myself I just... perfectly well. <laughs> the direct quote is like, this guy tweeted, it's like, it took me, I was really high when I listened to this and it took me 20 minutes to realize it wasn't Holland and Kelsey. Chill. <laughs> 20, for 20 minutes I sounded, I did not rise suspicion that, hey, this woman voice switched to a dude. Um, Who I've been listening to for two years or equivalent amount of podcast. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. chill and thank you. But yes, recommendations. What has been making <laughs> yeah. you survive these troubled times? Oh, I could pick so many different things. Uh, but I am going to pick something a little out there. Uh, so I've been researching for a short story uh, and researching, like, the American West. And I found this book called Letters of a Woman Homesteader. Um, uh, by uh, Eleanor Pruitt Stewart. It's just a bunch of letters that she sent to a friend that she used to work for. Um, and it's a, like a primary source in like the really early 1900s. She's living out in Wyoming. And it's just this like very charming account of this woman's life, like working on this farm in the middle of absolutely nowhere. But she is like, it, you just get so much of her personality in these letters, like, she tells you about all the friends that she manages to meet even in the middle of nowhere she befriends like everybody in town and like she puts on a wedding and like she's just a really great writer and i'm in i don't read a lot of historical stuff but i've really enjoyed reading these letters so that's oh, what i would that recommend sounds, that sounds so yeah wonderful. it's chill you if you're into history I would, I would check it out um yeah so i was waffling between two things, um, and since uh, you and I are only on these podcasts on special occasions, I'll do both, because fuck it. Um, Cole right. and other friends have finally forced me, literally forced me, to begin playing Breath of the Wild. Yes. Um, and I'm, like, low-key addicted to it. Um, yes. <laughs> you haven't been recommending me to play this for, yes. like, almost a year now or anything. And you also haven't fucking owned this game on the Wii U for longer than I've owned a Switch. So, like... Yeah, most people don't even know that it's out on the Wii U. Yeah. And you've owned it this entire time and not once touched it. It's still in the plastic wrapping. <laughs> Jeez. Which offended my um, friend so much that he plugged his Switch cartridge into my Switch so and forced me to play um, and the other it's thing really I recommend is the album Tapestry by Carol King. Some good mm. classic 70s ass fun. Some classic tunes on there. I really want to see the Carol King musical now. It's it's sweet. She's there's just a very like refreshing like sincerity in her music that I'm, like, really missing. Yeah, you know, back when there was, like, hope in the world, I guess? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Not even necessarily. Yeah, that's what it is. the 70s, you know? There's, like, yeah, there's, like, hope. 
which is oh, nice to experience every once in a while. <laughs> it's been a while. Even if it's just literally because she's from a time that's not right now. That's enough. <laughs> All right. So I think we've fucking talked enough. Yeah. Um, Holland's going to fucking hate us um, for having to edit this. Bye. Bye, Panthers. Bye, Panthers. Oh, wait, shit. Do you want to plug your Twitter or something? Oh, sure. Uh, follow me at... Well, I guess I'll keep up the two horses kissing. I have another Twitter, but um, that's... You'll find it. Um, yeah. <laughs> two horses kissing, Twitter, Tumblr, the number two, not T-W-O. Um, check out my Tumblr. That's really good. All right, cool. Um... Bye for real. Bye. Yeah, Allegra, we need to pop. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I had a joke written down that I need to get out. Oh, I'm sorry. So can Please. you? Yeah. So can I? We need to reintroduce the Lana Del Rey uh, uh, album on the wall again. Okay, so I'm definitely not going to go back, but and Holland definitely yeah. won't edit this part, but we can pretend. <laughs> <laughs> so just introduce it again for me, please. Okay. Okay. So this is the scene where Adam and Becky are talking on the phone, and we see that Adam uh -huh. has a Lana Del Rey poster in his room. So we know he's a bottom. God damn it, you said this during the episode. <laughs> it was good then and it's good now. Right. Um whatever.